This is the Equal Yoke Podcast, hosted by husband and wife, Zach and Morgan Hill. This show exists to promote family theology with an equally yoked marriage that plows ahead for the gospel and great commission. We've got work to do, so let's plow ahead. Welcome to the Equal Yoke Podcast. My name is Zach Hill, and as always, from here on out, hopefully by God's grace, I will be joined by my beautiful co-host, my wife, Morgan Hill. Hey, everyone. Like Zach said, I am Morgan. We'll just give you all a little bit of background about us. We met in the summer of 2013, actually a week before my birthday, and... uh. <laughs> Our first date was actually at the Waffle House. Man, y'all what listen. Our first date, listen. That's some high fluting rolling right there. <laughs> and then, let's see, four months later, we got engaged because it truly was instantaneous love at first sight. Like a Hallmark movie. I enjoy my Hallmark movies, but Zach does not. No. But he has to admit that he does believe. I do. I've seen the light. He's a believer now. <laughs> I believe it. Like Shrek. I literally yeah. just had a It just makes you think that, that makes you think of the ending of Shrek every time. <laughs> Don't act like it doesn't. That shows our age. So anyway. Engaged four months later, married a year and a half later. Three months after that, I got pregnant with our first child, Miss Nova. So we jumped into adulthood real quick. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. It's been Amazing, and now we have a second child who is two. His name is Atlas Moon. What would you say about our children? Nova is the most compassionate, loving, um, God-fearing, really honestly. Yeah. Just loves the Lord at such an early age. Um I've never, I've never in my life seen a child who actually like is wrecked by their sin. Yeah, wrecked by their sin and can like walk into the house or, <laughs> what are you doing, Daddy? Studying Greek? <laughs> like just yeah, like that. Just she's gonna end up being. Or if really, I don't know uh, something, she's like, oh, does Daddy need to tell yeah. me? Is that Greek, Mom? Yeah, like, that's just sorry. she's a nerd <laughs> and so a lover. And then then Atlas, Atlas Moon. He his name is, does him justice. His, his name does him justice. He is he is in the like 150th percentile for his height. He's giant. <laughs> he's almost as tall as his sister, who's three years older than him. And she's tall for her. And age she's tall too, for her. Age. And he is an absolute madman. All the time, twenty four seven. But he is so sweet too. He's he is, he is our true sour patch. He's a sour child. patch kid, and he will if you. Needs some house remodeling done. I will rent him to you. He will demo day. He will demo day it for you, Chip Gaines. <laughs> uh, so that's us. A little bit about me. Uh, like Morgan said, we've been married for uh, since 2015. Two kids. Morgan, you are the best homemaker that there is. I will not agree with that. Okay, but I do strive to be. You strive to to be that. And then I am a bivocational pastor in Central Kentucky. Uh, the church is called Oakwood. You can go to oakwoodky.com and check us out there. 
I work for my family business. Uh, my family has owned and operated a car auction in Central Kentucky uh, for 40 years. So I am the stereotypical car dealer, uh, car salesman preacher. Just You're kidding. Really not. I'm not. Uh, I'm also a full-time student pursuing uh, my PhD in hermeneutics at Liberty University. Uh, full-time husband, obviously, you don't get to do part-time husband no. husbandry. Uh, no, no, no. Full-time, there is no part-time anything else or anything. So that's that's us. We uh, just are so thankful for what the Lord has been doing uh, in our lives, and we're really excited about the idea of this show. Um, Morgan and I came up with this concept, and I, I truly believe that it was led by the Lord uh, when we were coming back from the 2021 G3 National Conference. How did we really even stumble upon this? So while we were there, there were lo- there were lots of booths set up, and some of them were podcasts. One of them, she wasn't set up with a booth, but her, I guess, organization that sh- her podcast is through it's Marcy Farrell with the Thankful Homemaker. Yeah. So any wives that are listening, definitely check her out. Mm-hmm. She has been very beneficial yeah. in my it's life. The, it's the Bar Network. Yes, the Bar Network. Corner for, uh, the Bar Network of podcasts. Go check them out. They've got Marcy's on there. Dr. Divide podcast. Dr. Owen Strand with the Antithesis, who I was listening to today. He's on Just there. Just Thinking podcast. Just Thinking with Virgil and Daryl. Just great stuff. So go check them out. And we are not paid spokesmen of the Bar nor uh, Network. The network. Nor part, and if you want to pick us up, holler. But uh, Carpa Fide was there. Yes. Uh, and, and just special thank you to them, uh, those guys, along with some others, Marcy's included, um, and some others. Uh, they they critiqued our prototype podcast yes. episode. And Morgan, before we get going, since they're going to be listening again, the prototype, you know, you, you build it like there's a prototype Corvette, the Corvette Museum in Bowling Green. You build it, you're like, yeah, I can see where that's going. That's pretty cool. But then you leave it there because there's probably some problems. And what was the what was the problem with our prototype episode? You may have just a little bit. Uh, every so often, cut me off and talk a little bit too much. Okay. That doesn't mean don't talk okay. now. <laughs> so, there we go. Feedback received. Yes. Proceed. Proceed. I guess I get to talk now since everyone said that. So, like Zach was talking about, that kind of just spawned us to think, okay, we listen to most of these podcasts, and they're consistent with women and men or groups of women and groups of men talking about theology, very faithful to what they're doing, but we had not stumbled across a wife-husband duo of doing the same thing, but just being a different dynamic. And we thought, okay, this should be honestly one of the most natural dynamics of theological talk and just going through and discussing the Bible and various different things that are going on from a Christian worldview. So why not put that in podcast form? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that term, the Christian worldview. This this is... At the core of Christian Worldview podcast, we are looking to view all of life through the lens of Christ crucified uh, and also Christ uh, resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. We um, obviously have used the term equal yoke from Scripture, 
And that's what this is all about, is being equally yoked as husband and wife, as a family. Um, For those of you that are single and are listening, this applies to you uh, down the road, and I pray that you can glean, and the Lord will allow you to glean from this. Um, But the yoke is what keeps the animals together as they plow ahead. As they plow ahead, and that's what this is going to be about. Um, it's it's about plowing ahead, plowing ahead together with the gospel and the Great Commission, in the context of marriage and family, and displaying what we would like to call family theology. So let's define that because that's what this is all about. A, it's a Christian worldview podcast, but B, it's a family theology podcast, and so family theology is going to probably sound unfamiliar because I think that we coined that, but we probably didn't. Probably not. It's probably out there somewhere. What'd Solomon say? There's nothing new under the sun. There is not. And so this podcast arose out of our natural conversations that Morgan and I have at 5 a.m. in the morning in our study or late night when the kids are, are at the grandparents on, on Friday nights or something like that or, or many times driving back from yeah from various you know long drives and so our every Sunday drive yeah our, our Sunday drives and, and G3 was an example of that as well so this podcast yeah. is it's going to be a real life example of just how our marriage and our family functions this isn't us trying to throw things together to be like oh well let's Let's just sit here and talk about this and then put it in podcast form. So what we're going to be talking about are things that naturally arise. Like he said, um, we live downtown, but there are people who have chickens. Mm-hmm. And we're we're typically awake before we hear the rooster yes. chicken crow. And then Zach uh, consumes an ungodly amount of caffeine to make sure that he can make it throughout the day. And he drinks enough for both of us. <laughs> I thought you were about to say that Zach consumes an un- ungodly amount of literature. That too. That's why you have to. <laughs> That's why you need the caffeine. Is because of I'm, the I'm hoping that I can I, I can con- like ingest enough stimulants that I go into like the next evolution of humanity. <laughs> that I don't believe in. That was a joke. I was going to so. say I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> this, is, this is not our normal talks. Do not think that's true. Yeah, string theory. Right. Because we do, we we do believe that Romans twelve is talking about the worship that we bring to the Lord is consistent with our entire lives. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that you do when you read your Bible. It's not just something that you do when you enter the walls of a church building. It's not just something that you do when you lay down and pray for two seconds before you fall asleep. All of life is worship, and it is all of Christ for all of life. And we did not create that term. Yeah, so, you know, that that comes from Moscow. If we need to write a check to somebody in Moscow, just reach out to us. So whatever. We gladly will because yeah. I use it all the time. Yeah. But it is, it's, it is the, that is the Christian worldview. So, so family theology is... Let's use a biblical example because I think it's a beautiful example and it always gets misconstrued, but Aquila and Priscilla, yes, they were so equally yoked. They worked with the Apostle Paul as tent makers. They helped found the church at Ephesus um, and were integral at the church in Corinth as well. 
Um, but they had a young man come through Ephesus before Paul got there that was, uh, he was competent in the scriptures, an eloquent man. And he had every single duck lined up in the row, but guess what he didn't have? He didn't have the gospel. Yes. And what was, was his name? Apollos. His name was Apollos. And so Priscilla and Aquila, Aquila the, the man and Priscilla the wife, uh, the husband and wife, they, they took Apollos aside and explained to him the scripture says the way more fully, the way referring to Christianity yeah. or the church there. And so it wasn't just um, Aquila being like, hey, Apollos, you messed up here, or Priscilla saying everything and Aquila being passive like Adam in the garden. This was a joint effort. And so this is not an advocation to go against the prescriptions of an elder in First Timothy and Titus, we do, do yeah, there's believe... Yeah, no, there's nothing in Scripture that shows that that was what Priscilla was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, she was not doing that. This is what we call family theology. And so, alas, we arrive at what we mean by family theology. Uh, my job as a husband and a father is to, is to lead this family, lead you along. And then yours is to be, as the proverb says, the crown of my head. And so guess what? You get to sit up on top of my brain. I'm just kidding. We, we, this is what it means to, to wrestle through things with fear and trembling. This is what it means to, as Deuteronomy 6 says, to write it on the doorpost and to when you are walking by the way and when you get up and when you lie down. This is It's all about the Word of God. It's all about the Christian worldview. And it's about working through things together, whether it be doctrinal standpoints, whether it be theology, whether it be seeing uh, that Christian Christian worldview through um, real-time uh, events, whether it be something that has to do with politics or whether something, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah, there's constantly things going on these days. Yeah, and so that's what the family... And you have to take those thoughts captive. That's Absolutely. This is about. Absolutely. So in 2 Corinthians 10.4, Paul states... For the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So if the marriage is supposed to be a reflection of this mystery of Christ and His bride, should we not within the family then, like we've been talking about this family theology, and more specifically with within the context of our marriages, do exactly what Paul is saying here. Right. Absolutely. And and that's what ties all of this together with, with the name of this show, the, the equal yoke. The yoke keeps the oxen or the donkey or the mule or the horse, whatever. It keeps that animal, uh, those animals together so they work as one unit. That's the most important thing. I know that we don't live in an, an agrarian society anymore, right? Because we have drones dropping our packages off. And, exactly. you know, uh, w- honestly, we probably should since we see that we can't get anything yeah, because of the logistics uh, fiasco that we have going on right now. Thanks, Rona, and everything else. But uh, the animals working as one unit. So all of this is looking forward to the day. Um, when every enemy is put under the feet of Christ and those swords are beaten to plowshares. Because what we realize is this is like, this is honestly at the core, this is spiritual warfare. Yeah. And so you're going to hear us from here on out in the subsequent episodes talking about plowing ahead together with the gospel and the Great Commission. 
you can't plow ahead together in your marriage. You can't plow ahead together with your family if A, you're not equally yoked with one another, and B, if you actually think that this whole quote-unquote faith thing is for two hours on a Sunday morning and it's segregated from the rest of your life. It's not. And so we want to encourage, we want to instill, we want to uh, get excited about family theology and realizing that, yeah, you know what, to the world it looks like a bunch of fuddy-duddy fundamentalists who sit around and like, you know, they... Oh, that's legalism. Yeah, you bunch of legalists. You like to sit around and read the Bible as a family, a bunch of Puritans. Where are you going to start... Blah, no, actually, let me rephrase that. We're now domestic terrorists uh, according to the yeah. standards of society now. But this is what we have been called to do as Christians. It's I'm not an individual Christian and you are not an individual Christian. And then we, you know, we do our own things. It's it is equally being equally yoked in the family. That's what this is all about. And I think we're we are so passionate about this. Because we actually experienced what being unequally yoked was mm-hmm. and what that did to life. Yeah, that's right. You know, there was a time when the Lord was was calling me to ministry. And He had put some great resources in front of me, some, some men to help mentor me and, and get me lined out and... You know, introduced me to uh, expository preaching and all of these things, and you weren't there with I me. I was not at all. Uh, and it was re- it really was the the opposite of what we just talked about. It was I was doing kind of my own thing, and you were doing your own thing. And boy, let me tell you, I think the only thing that we agreed about was that we didn't agree on much. Yeah, that's definitely where we were. Yeah. And would you, I mean, would, do you want to speak to that for just a second before we give everybody a little taste of what the future episodes are going to be like with us wrestling through things together uh, and giving this encouragement of plowing ahead together as an equally yoked uh, couple and family? Yeah, so I, I can only speak from a wife's perspective. I am not going to speak for, for my husband or to men, because that's not my role. So as a wife, if you are unequally yoked with your husband, and it's very much due to your own sin, stop trying to blame your husband. That's what I kept trying to do, is Mm -hmm. I kept trying to blame Zach of, well, you just need to come over and like, you just need to understand where I'm coming from when really the Lord was refining him and doing a great work in him, it was me who would have been holding him back if I, and and I did want to take charge at that point, at that point in our marriage, I very much wanted his headship. I I was like Eve and wanted to take control. Crouching at the door. Yeah. And even like we see at the fall, like it's always going to be there. You're all, I'm always going to want to desire my husband's role. Like I'm going to want to desire that headship. And so when that happens, you can't function the way that God intended you to function in your marriage. It it will not work. 
And I saw that firsthand, and it was not until the Lord finally opened my eyes, and it was in His perfect timing, that life finally started to be illuminated in gospel lenses. Mm -hmm. And our lives and just marriage became so much sweeter, and it was finally this aha moment of, I can't do this. Marriage is not intended to be this autonomous construct that we get to control and we get to determine who does what and how everything works. If you do not align yourselves with what God lays out before us in Scripture as the foundations of what it means to be a woman of God and what it means to be a wife. And what it means to be a husband. Exactly. You're not some misogynistic jerk. True. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, this is we also see in Scripture, uh, Paul says, you know, if a wife, if a, if a woman becomes a believer and her husband's not, what sh- what's, what's she supposed to do? She's supposed to win him over with her conduct. Yeah. And so it's like, you know what, even in the context of our marriage right now, if I'm like, spewing some real rank heresy over here that doesn't mean you go yep he's my husband i just follow what he says you go hey there um i'm not you know this is what the word of god says yeah it's all based upon the principle of of solo scripture really is that standard yeah absolutely and so as as we go forward from this we want to give everyone a, a quick little snippet a quick little example of what we mean by family theology and the equal yoke as we go forward. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about a, a huge different list of topics that, that seemingly are not theological sometimes. But as we have talked about just recently with the scripture, every thought captive, because this is his world. Yeah. Right? Jesus is, a, he has authority over every single thing. And we're at. In heaven, in heaven. <laughs> right. As the, so as the you, last you thing he said. You don't get to take him out of things, even as badly as we want to try right. sometimes. So he's sovereign over technology, right? We believe that he's sovereign over technology. He has allowed this concept of podcasting to come into play. And man, let me tell you what, I'm thankful for it. I glean from that his sovereign uh, love and grace to allow this to come to pass, even though sinful man gets a hold of it and abuses it and perverts it. There's every morning I glean from multiple individuals in, in every day. Um, and some of them, you know, can I, you know this, but can I encourage you fellas uh, and, and husbands and, and guys, some of the people that I glean from, not in a teaching way, are women. There's a couple, pod, there's one podcast, I don't care to name drop, uh, Allie Beth Stuckey. I enjoy listening to her so much and I learn from her not in like a doctrinal way, like, oh, you know, no, no, no. And she's, I would say she's equally yoked with us and where she lands theologically and in that camp and stuff as well. But I glean from, from her. Um, and so we don't, uh, I just want to say this before we get into this little snippet. You don't have to be in our camp to glean from this podcast. Yeah. You don't. Okay. Um, we simply want to instill within every marriage and every family and every single man that's going to be married, every single woman that's going to be married, all of this, because we're all in some way connected to a family in some shape, that that it is a Christian worldview and that we do family theology and we plow ahead together equally yoked in those units, not for our sake, 
but with the gospel and the Great Commission, right? So let's give them an example of a topic. And it's a fairly straightforward topic on the surface. We'll give them a five-minute snippet, and we could make this topic a 17 million hour long topic because it is the most important topic for a Christian marriage and a Christian uh, as a individual unit. Um, and that's the gospel. Let's use the gospel as a topic. And, you know, we're going to talk about stuff again in the future that doesn't seem like it is rooted and grounded in Christ. We're going to talk about real time events. It can be political stuff. It can be world events. It could be meme roundups. Sometimes that's fun. Nevertheless, the gospel. Let's let's yoke together for just a second and talk about the importance of being equally yoked in the gospel and what the gospel is. So I think first we definitely needed to define some terms. I found in some random polls that I decided to take a few years ago that I'd say probably close to 90% of the people, and it was a pretty large number, could not tell me what the gospel was. 90% of the people in the, those polls? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Just those polls. I'm not saying 90% of people in yeah. general. But like a case study. That's yeah. What you're like, okay. yeah. So it was local around here. But I was, I was shocked, but at the same time, not shocked because I myself grew up not, I couldn't have told you what the gospel was either until maybe three years ago. <laughs> so I wasn't really that shocked either. So let's define what the gospel is, because it's it's not the first few books of the New Testament. It's not something that is just unnecessary and just can be thrown on the back burner. Mm-hmm. It is the most important message. It's the only message that we have for this world. Yeah, uh, we, what does Paul say? Like we preach what Christ crucified. Christ and Him crucified. We it's not we preach. Admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus, confess your sins, and then you get seven steps to a better life or six facets of finances. Every No, it's Christ and Him crucified. Everything yeah. else, that is the life spring from which everything else within the Christian faith flows from. Yeah. And so at Oakwood, uh, we found that this was the case as well. Um, and this is not to chide anyone. This is simply to say, actually, this is a big rebuke. And I I say this as, as a pastor uh, in love. This is a rebuke against the, the, the pastorates of the past hundred years. Like, what have you been preaching that, you're, that the people, and this isn't just yeah. Oakwood, this is in general, that the people that sit in those pews and chairs or wherever, that they don't even know what the gospel is. What on earth have you been propagating? And we know. Because we've been in... Absolutely. We've lived in it. And so this... I've been teaching Oakwood this pithy little statement that I kind of add on to every little bit so they get a fuller and fuller picture. And this is not meant to be some sort of, you know, someone hears this and calls and says, that's not the gospel. You need to tell... Like, this is just to to get the ball rolling and to see the implication. It's a good foundation to go from. So Morgan, you're a a member of Oakwood. I sure am. Uh, So would would you like to... Give us an example of that pithy statement. Yes. So the gospel is Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to save sinners for the glory of God according to the scriptures. Right. That that's a that's a good foundation to work from. That that starts that gets the gears turning on what we're talking about. Yeah. 
And what I'm going to add this month by just, you know, great months to add that yes, uh, with Reformation, being Reformation, Reformation Month is uh, receive by faith alone. Right? It's not based upon works. Yep. It's based by faith alone. And so I always try to make a point to say this is the gospel is not your ticket into the dance. That's probably like one of my favorite things that you talk about because... I think we think that is it's, it's yeah. like your stepping stone into Christianity, and then you don't need it anymore. Yeah, then you, then you go on to deeper things. Uh, it's not your ticket into the dance; it is the dance. And you know, I'll, I don't want to plagiarize. <laughs> Let me that's cite some sources. Um, that, that that's just an adaptation from from Paul Washer. I've heard him say something similar. Not the exact terminology, but yeah. but it's not your ticket into the dance, right? It's not your initiation, right? It's not like you show up at the Masonic Lodge and you learn the handshake and then you get in and then there's like, it's wild and nutty, crazy down the rabbit hole. Yeah. The gospel is it. Everything else stems from that for the Christian and it should. And if it doesn't, then I'm not, I, I don't want to condemn you at all i just simply want to encourage you look into the scriptures and see especially in the early church what they were focused on it was christ's life death burial resurrection and ascension um his person and work that all of all of their life all of their preaching all of everything that they did centered upon application or derived from either the person or work some aspect of that yeah. It doesn't. The person and work of Christ in the gospel does not just mean his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Those are just general categories. So his life, uh, he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Uh, his work. There's so much that you could delve into with that. But his priesthood, he is the perfect high priest. He is the greater Moses. Whenever he's sitting on the, the mount, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, what do we see that as? Not only is he the greater Moses giving an exposition of what the law really is about, but he's also God in the flesh. Because what did the people of Israel not do? They did not come up to the mount to him. And so we see this, uh, the gospel really is the paramount frame the lens for everything else for the christian that's a good term for it. yeah it is and so we don't want to have this drag on and again you know if the gospel really is what we have said it is this could uh, i mean what's that great hymn i like uh the love of god mm-hmm. do you remember the the second verse you've had to sing it a couple of times but you don't so it says let me see if i remember it from memory um, if we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, if every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, and nor could the scroll contain the whole, um, though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God is wrapped up in the gospel. It is. And so to talk about the gospel, to write about it, to think about it, it would drain the ocean dry. We can't do it. No. And so, But this is just a little small snippet of what we mean by family theology, talking through things together as a husband and wife equally yoked, 
Um, and I do want to say this. Equally yoked doesn't mean that we all shave our heads and wear gray jumpsuits and like we're Orwellian dystopians, right? There's some stuff that like when I say we disagree about, I don't mean like we're knocked out and drag out fighting, but we're just like, there's so, oh, I'm going to use a term I hate. There's, it's so non-essential. Oh, I kind of, I kind of find it funny that you use that term because I don't like that term. So see, there we go. There we go. It's because we've started like making everything primary, secondary, yeah. tertiary. You can choose if it's actually necessary. No, but it's like if, in the Bible. if let's just use a quick example. Like if you think that Paul wrote Hebrews, and I think that Apollos wrote it, we can we can okay. we can live with that. I can live with that, which I think it is a Pauline sermon scribed by Luke. You could think that it's Apollos because he was very eloquent in the scriptures, yeah. right? He would have been able to, and he was from Alexandria. He would have been extremely learned and could have spoke or written in that fashion. Could have, that's a that is a theory. Okay, whatever. But if you're over here saying, "Yeah, you know what, Zach? You know when we when we start talking about salvation, I just believe that we all, you know." Like Jesse Duplantis said a couple weeks ago, we don't have original sin. We've got original goodness. I'm going to I'm going to open <laughs> the so I'm going to open the window that we're sitting by, and I'm not going to throw you out of it. I'm going to throw myself out of it <laughs> because I'm not ever going to be able to unhear that. As he asks you to call in and give him millions of dollars for in his telethon so he can buy a jet or something. Like no, that's an issue. And so this is what the the Equal Yoke podcast seeks to do. Is we see we are seeking to encourage family theology, Equal Yoke theology, and this is not something that is going to be done overnight for many people, right? This is something. This is just we want to encourage this within the family unit, all within the lens of a Christian worldview. Right. And I pray that we're always bringing everything back to the gospel. Absolutely. Uh, if there, if there's one thing that I've learned in the past few years, it's been that if you get, if you get the gospel wrong, you get absolutely everything else wrong. That's true. And through my experience with a false gospel, you're also worshiping a false Jesus and neither of which can save you. And, And that's what this is about. Yeah. You know what? I believe that was a suggestion from someone that, that you put a poll up on your social media about possible topics about that encompasses idolatry in a way. Yeah. So you know what? We're going to make this a, a announcement right here. You've heard it here at the very tail end of the first Equal Yoke podcast. The, the very first actual for real, I guess you could say, episode is going to be about idolatry. So we are going to be plowing ahead together from here on out, equally yoked. And so where can you find us, Morgan? We are on Instagram. Our handle is at the equal yoke equal yoke not podcast at the end we also have facebook which is under the same name so at the equal yoke at the equal yoke and also on twitter same same thing handles are the same on all at the equal yoke and we would ask that you if you have enjoyed this this episode that you like the vision of this i guess you could call it even a ministry in a way Please subscribe. Please share it. Get a bunch of people to start listening. We pray that this is beneficial to you and that it glorifies God 
Yeah. And always feel free to give like yeah. just message us, give yeah. us feedback. Give us feedback, message us, let us ideas know topics, give us, talk, us yeah, right. About, yeah. And and uh, Morgan is uh, has a little bit of a social media presence. Where can they find you and follow you? My handle is reformed underscore pastor's wife. On, uh, on, Instagram. on Instagram. Yeah, that's where I'm most present. I'm not as present anywhere else. And fa- I have a Facebook. It's just Morgan Hill. It's more or less just sharing of other things and then pictures of my kids. Yeah. But my Instagram is where I've felt more led to to actually help minister yeah. to other women. Yeah, and you, you have done a great job of that. And then I, I'm just on Facebook. I don't, I'm not a social media guy. Um, I, I get kind of infuriated with it. And so uh, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook if you through wanna, Messenger, yeah, through, but don't try to follow yeah, him. Yeah, through, through Messenger. I don't, he's, I don't, not, he's no longer there on Instagram. So. Yeah, I don't, and I don't even really, I don't do anything on Facebook anyway. It's, it's honestly just, uh, I have Facebook to look at classic cars on Marketplace, and that's about it. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Equal Yoke podcast, the introductory episode. Any last words that you'd like to put out there? I don't think I have anything. Did I over talk you this you time? You did not. You didn't over talk me. Over talk you? Is that <laughs> a word? That's a really weird phrase. You didn't cut me off. No. You didn't okay. good this time. All right. So thank you again for listening to the Equal Yoke podcast. Let's yoke together uh, another time and plow ahead for the gospel and the Great Commission all to the glory of God. Bye. See you later.